Hello, my name is Marie. And I'm Brendan. And this is Kobayashi Marie, a podcast for the movie I'm looking at things Star Trek, and specifically for this season, Picard. Season mm-hmm. one, we're on to episode four, Absolute Candor. Yes. Brendan, how are you this week? I'm all right, thank you. I'm all right. Thanks. Better for being in space, I think. Oh, definitely. That makes such a difference. Yeah. Absolute Candor sounds like a planet, though. It does. It does. Absolute beginners, I thought so. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. But like Picard, you know, never felt at home among the grapes. I always had one eye on the stars. Oh, and now you're there. And now I'm there. We're there. Yes. We're there. We are. Uh, before we go any further, uh, spoilers, sweetie. So just uh, watch out that we don't spoil this episode for you and other episodes of various Trek series as well. We can't even specify which ones we'll spoil because we're just randomly... Spoil things. things. So, yeah. yeah, that's us. So um, just be warned. Um, and not just Trek, we can spoil anything. Oh, well, that is true. Although I guess we can't say ahead what we're going to spoil. So no. you just have to take potluck, basically. Okay. Apologies if we've spoiled something for you. But we're pretty much behind everybody else and everything, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. In um, life, as well, <laughs> yes, well, I couldn't possibly comment. But okay. you know, there we go. Now, normally, uh, you do a piquant, picard, pricey. I've, I've, I've been very, very busy this week. Though. Yeah, so you say. So I've ended up, <laughs> I've ended up doing it. And quite how far I believe you, I'm not sure, but you know. Okay. Well, I'll <clears> try. And, I'll, I'll, I'll wrestle it back from you for next week. Like <laughs> no, that's that's fine. I'm not saying anything. I'm just, you know. Um, but let's see how we go on this time. And it's okay. the first time I've done it, so. Bear with. But it kind of means I need to know more <laughs> than just describing the episode. So it leaves me wide open today, I think. Really? I don't know. You, it always sounds like you know more. So maybe you just, I don't know. That's one of my little tricks. There you go. That's yeah. what it's all about. So we start. Uh, as in previous episodes, we open 14 years in the past. Um, I hadn't noticed that until this week, but. It's always leaping back to that point it is. Uh, where um, bad things happen. But this time we start on Vashti, which is the Romulan relocation hub, uh, where we are seeing the coordination of the resettlement of the Romulan refugees. Um, Picard beams down and is welcomed very warmly indeed. And then we see a, a young boy rushing off to the house of Coat Milat, who are... A sisterhood of the way of absolute candor. Mm-hmm. The sisters of no mercy. <laughs> In fact. Indeed they are. That's, yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah. Like absolutely no filter at all on your yeah. emotions. It's, anyway, um, so he announces Picard's arrival and then, then the boy gets a bit shy for some reason. Um, but sisters have been looking after him and they're happy to see Picard. And everybody's having a jolly little time with, you know, little sweeties and treats brought in and books um and picard has brought him the three musketeers um i failed to spot any significance in that other than no i tried to make a connection between arthos porthos and aramis and picard raffi and rios but it left me with uh girati at a loose end and, and i couldn't get beyond that point anyway so no, no the i'm not only, sure there's anything in there the only thing is archer's archer's little dog from um Enterprise, which was called Porthos. Right. But I don't think that's relevant at all. I think it's just an excuse to get 
um, Patrick Stewart's fencing skills on screen. I guess so. And Elmo's a cat person anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, yes. So, um, there's this, there's a lovely little scene. I, I think the planet is beautiful, by the way. The, the colours, the, the red leaves, mm. and then this grey sky, it's gorgeous. And then that frames Picard and Elnor, the boy, having some kind of father-son time together almost. You know, he's yeah. reading a story and um, teaching him how to fence. <clears throat> Excuse me. Did you think that was a bit paternal or avuncular or was or am I just trying to read things into it well I, I did and yet um I think um it it wasn't all it seemed you know for me um I think the bits that came out of that were when he was reading the book it was on Picard's terms so he was getting caught up in the cut and thrust of the story mm. and when Elnor says what does parry mean he says oh, I'll tell you tomorrow or I'll show <laughs> you tomorrow you know you just think well just tell him you know, so either he's not much of a teacher or he doesn't really care. He's just reading the story on his own terms. Um, and throughout, I think, this episode, but but certainly at the start here, there's a couple of exchanges where Picard makes promises and promises, of course, are prisons. That's what we've discovered. As we as we learn, um, saying that he'd find Elnor a more suitable home. So although there's this show of paternal instinct or friendship, um, it's not really backed up in his actions, I don't think. Right. And yet he does seem to be enjoying it. That You know, there is a real affection there. Is that because he's just not very practised at that? Probably. Probably. You know, when, when Delnor hugs him and uh, the lead sister of No Mercy says, oh, you know, just... Back off, you know, he doesn't like kids or public shows of affection. <laughs> and he says, oh, no, no, I do, I do, I do. Um, but of course, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't. Uh, so I think I think you're right. You know, it probably just doesn't really quite know how to behave. Yeah. But, but it, yeah, so the, but so I think there's, there is something there, but I think there's a bit of tension in it as well. Yeah, it did feel, it it was lovely, but at the same time, I agree, it didn't quite feel. Yeah. Uh, and I guess... <clears throat> Maybe that's all it was, just that um, discomfort he feels in that kind of environment. And of course, it doesn't feel right to us to watch him in that environment. No, but that's not how we see him, really. You know, we know him as a person in command and the family thing. And even in that episode where he went back to his brother on the vineyard, it, it, <clears throat> the family thing was not right. No. So, yeah, uh, it's not, not, not comfortable in those situations. No, I don't think so. Uh, but fortunately for him, and unfortunately for Mars, yeah. uh, he was interrupted in his fencing practice yeah. uh, with the annou- announcing the attack on Mars and he has to leave. And I know it's a silly little thing, but I really like the way that he left so quickly that they beamed him up as he was walking. He didn't have to just stand and wait to be beamed up. Yeah. He's just kind of off out the door with his little bag and yeah. they beam him up. So he's gone. Yeah. Saying he'll be back soon. Saying he'll be back soon. Yeah. 14 years later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, we get the, the credits. I really like the theme tune. It's not very trekky in one sense, but I really do like that theme tune that goes yeah. over the credits. I think it's yeah. Funny. I'm going to take a bit more time over that for next week, I think. I've kind of skipped it <coughs> in an attempt to get into the story for these first few episodes. Yeah. After the first one. I've not really been back to it, so I think maybe I need to look at the... The kind of the top and tail of this, yeah. Intro and outro a little bit more and see, see perhaps what it's telling us now, if anything, that we've heard some of the story. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, well, that's good. No, I do like it. Um, yeah, really nice. Um, so we then, after the credits, uh, we're on board La Sirena. Mm-hmm. And Rios is sitting there at the helm, still reading his existential book about... It's a difficult book. It's the existential pain of living with the consciousness of death and how it defines us as human beings. <laughs> yeah. Right, well, that's put a dampener on any kind of conversation, really. As, um, as Girati said. Exactly. They were having a cute little conversation about vast quantities of stuff. Yeah. And how space is unexpectedly super boring. Um, Whilst he's trying to ignore her. And he's trying to, <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason. And then I, he says there was something about the only music that available is Klingon opera. Yeah. And he and he says it is, a, it is a long story. And I had Worf in my head Yeah. when they were quite a couple of times he's been asked questions about Klingon. One of them being about why Klingons look so different in Kirk's time than they did in his. And his answer was, it is a long story. So I wonder if if Rios's former captain, who ended up splattered all over the Uh, Vulcan, might have been a Klingon. Hmm. Don't know. Yeah, it wouldn't explain the limited range of his musical back catalogue <laughs> necessarily but no i mean it's limit, limited spotify isn't it really you would have yeah. thought there would have been a lot more options than that yeah you would think so by the by then but, yeah. Uh, yes yeah indeed yeah. so they're kind of going along with this kind of kind of cute little conversation but not quite and then Raffi storms in I love her I'm starting to love her so she much she is great isn't she and she just storms in and she's like why why are we stopping at Vashti um because she's just discovered that Picard has insisted that that's what happens she is not happy bunny no. can't even take a guilt trip without using a starship <laughs> <laughs> that's fabulous isn't it uh, that is fabulous well you know, and he needs to make the stop and he didn't tell anybody else. And I just think, yeah, he is very much about getting his own way, isn't he? And he, not, is. Nah. he is. Yeah. Yeah, She'll keep him in check, though, I think. Oh, I think she will, if anyone to a will. Point. To a point. Yeah, she can't stop him. Well, no. No, she can't. She can't. And she's about to find out why. Yeah. Um, so then we join Picard in this looking out of his bedroom of his study window uh-huh. and it for a split second it threw me um and then he stopped the birds flying and we see that he's in uh, a hologram recre- recreation of his study back at the chateau picard yeah. um which i think has the advantage that they could use the same set and didn't have to shell out for a totally different set so yeah. there was that but it's not like the 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 recreation facilities that picard enjoyed in the past were plush no. <laughs> so they only needed a desk and a chair, didn't they? That's true. Well, That's but, true. Uh, but you're right, you're right. It was, yeah, it was just quite nice to, just to see that. Um, and we meet the emergency hospitality hologram. I mean, he's mm-hmm. got so many holograms built into that, the basic program. That's right, yeah. Yeah. What, what, what would a deluxe model look like? Well, there you go, you see. I'm thinking, but then if he doesn't like it, why doesn't he think? Why don't you just switch him off? And then I was thinking, on my way home this evening, I bet it's like you know when you get your new smartphone and it comes with apps on it and you're never ever going to use them, but you can't delete them. And we were not if they all looked like you. <laughs> not if they all had your face on them. <laughs> oh, that would be a nightmare. 
flipping heck. <laughs> Can you imagine if Siri sounded like me as, oh, no, that would be dreadful. <laughs> or me, <laughs> or worse, yeah. <laughs> Oh, anyway, yes, so um, just as they're exploring this beautiful copy of the study, Rafi bursts in mm-hmm. and she says, are you out, you of, out of your goddamn mind? Yes. <laughs> Did that remind you of something? Well, it's got bones written all over it. It has got bones written. Thank you. I thought it was just yeah. me. And it's but... another Wrath of Khan. Is it the Wrath of Khan? Oh. I'm pretty sure. So uh... it's another Wrath of Khan. Now, here's something to throw in very early on. Heck, go on then. You're worried about Q, aren't you? No, I was trying not to mention Q, but I am yeah. a bit worried about Q. Yeah, go on. Well, I'm... Khan's only in cryogenic freeze. Oh. And we've not, we're going to have to revisit timelines at some point. Yes, we are. Which Khan are you talking about? Uh, well... Am I wrong in thinking about the original? My original. No, that's Nguyen fine. Sung, who, yeah. who who is now in cryogenic freeze. Right. Um. Are perhaps ready to re-emerge. I'm just wondering if they're dropping those little little teasers oh. in some of these bits of dialogue. If we get a needs of the one, needs of the few outweigh the. Oh, I can't even say it now. I'm that yeah. tired. Yeah. <laughs> the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. If we get one of those, then I think that's we're on it. the way. That is definitely, yeah. Wow. Oh, now I'm going to have to ponder that one. Yeah. Now, you're better on the timelines than I am, so we're going to have to take a look at that. Well, but... yeah, but not off the top of my head, I don't think. I'll have to... Ooh. Okay. It was just right. a fancy. It was just a fancy. Like the fancy are all very welcome. Yes. That's very good. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I'll, I'll leave that one there. Okay, just park that for a moment. Uh, yeah, so Rafi comes in and, and asks him if he's completely mad, and Rios walks in. And chastises the hospitality hologram for being yes. there yeah. in, in his own inimitable fashion. Mm-hmm. And then Agnes walks in and says, eh, is this a secret meeting? She always has to be in there, doesn't she? She <laughs> does. Is this feeding into your still distrust of... Uh, it is. It oh. is. Yeah, it is. And I can't say why, but... You know, am I a member of the crew or not? Well, not really. Well, yeah. yes. I, well, what do you say? <laughs> so she's, she's sniffed them out and she's in, isn't she? She is. She's made sure that she's there. Who's yeah. driving the ship? Well, probably some probably other hologram, hologram that looked like yeah, real. That, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I'd forgotten about him. Fair enough. Fair enough. So they come in and the conversation then is interestingly about questioning his sanity, which I think is something that might have been a throwaway comment, but yeah. actually I wondered about. You've mentioned that before. Earlier on, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it was, you know, and then it was all about, you know, you really can't go there because there's smugglers and petty warlords and the Romulan rebirth movement. Yeah, lions and tigers and bears. And oh, my. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Oh, my. Yeah, so, um, and then it... And then, then it comes to light that Picard wasn't aware of the situation when he's heading to Vashti. And, um, but everybody seems to be surprised that nobody mentioned it to anybody else until yeah. they're halfway there. And if Girati is good at one thing, it's feigning at least surprise at the <laughs> existence of Romulan warrior nuns. They really exist? Yeah. yeah she's, got, I mean, she's got great reactions. 
she has. And I think the, the other thing is that for people who are perhaps newer to, you know, have kind of come into track, Star Trek a bit later, I think she is kind of the every woman in a way in that she can ask those stupid questions and they can respond to her and go, oh, yeah, didn't you know there were Romulan warrior nuns? Sort of like my st- role in this podcast. Well, I, if you're seeing parallels between yourself and Agnes, then <laughs> that's not my place to comment. Yeah. I see yeah. many. I see many. <laughs> imposter syndrome. Um, interestingly, we get another reference to Rios with his being a good Starfleet officer. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering again where that's come from and what that means. And I don't think it, there's any reason to. <clears throat> there's nothing else there that to explore. Just it was another reference to. We we know this is who he is now. Yeah, but that background has been erased, hasn't it? Yeah, somehow. Yeah. Um, which we don't know yet. Um, so then we get the explanation that he has to go and save Daji's sister. He needs a Romulan warrior nun to help him. He can only get one on Vashti. And that they are the most feared enemies of the Tal Shiar. Um, well, put it like that. You know, I mean, why wouldn't you go and get yourself a Romulan warrior nun if you're in a bit of bother? And where are you going to find one? Well, you know, yeah. and he just happens to be passing by on the way to Free Cloud, wherever that is, which was never mentioned again. No, it wasn't. Um, and then they have this moment, Rafi and JL have this moment by the window. Um, and she reminds him that they used to say one impossible thing at a time. Yeah. And uh, but he. He definitely, without saying, tells her that he probably hasn't got a lot of time left, which was really quite sad. Yeah, and she recognised that. Yeah. Yeah, there's no comeback to that, really. No. No. And there is that sense of fragility and his, his own mortality, which which is a driver, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. He wants to achieve something positive before his time is up i guess well he's got a lot of things he's got a lot of promises to keep yeah <laughs> uh, uh, which he's racked up over the last two decades um, yes that's true uh, yeah that's true so <clears throat> actually we, we spent quite a good chunk of time there with picard either on vashti or on the sirena so then Finally, we get to visit the artefact and we see Soji and Narek having a conversation. Oh, actually, no, before that, Soji's watching this video of Ramda in her better days, talking about the end of days, which will be brought about by the call of the destroyer. And there was this really interesting shot where they superimposed the faces on each other. It was really quite weird. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what what to read into that. Uh, I mean, you you could easily think they were trying to, you know, meld those two characters in some way. Um, but it be it's unclear at the moment to me what the relationship would be between them. Mm. Um, but then we don't really know Rounder's role other than archivist of the ancient myths or the news, yeah. uh, and we don't fully understand Soji's. Uh, rationale uh, and presence so maybe there is more to this yet um, which is going to come out between them I think so and I was just and maybe this is totally random but her kind of 
holographic mum that she calls on the phone that sends her to sleep. Yeah. I mean, I guess by now, I, I'm presuming that isn't really her mum. Fairly safe, I would think. So does yeah. Rhonda have some kind of role in that respect? Oh. I don't... I, no. Maybe not if... I don't know, you see. It was just... It's throwing in all kinds of questions, yeah. half questions. But it, it this week it doesn't really hang around with Soji and Nari, for that matter, to actually get anywhere with question with answering any of them. It just kind of chucked a whole lot of stuff um, there. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> Which I guess next week we might come back to, but yes, but we don't know who's controlling the holographic image of the mother, do we? No, not yet. Not so, yet. No. Could be any, yeah, that's true. It could be anybody. So after that quite disturbing shot, we come back almost straight away to La Sirena, which has arrived at Bashti, but um, having a bit of trouble getting landing clearance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Picard is quite surprised to learn that by saying it was him, that isn't really enough to gain them access and, in fact, has quite the opposite effect. Yeah. So he has, it just seems, has no idea. I mean, clueless that things are any different. Uh, yeah. And that um, his, his name should, is just access, isn't it? Yeah. That's all areas. And, but I would have thought somebody of his nows would have realised that 14 years is a long time and that they, you know, even if he didn't understand all the politics that are happening there, 14 years is a long time and then he suddenly turns up. And says, Cooey, remember me, that they are less than welcoming. Um, so yeah. I don't know, that, that puzzled me again. Yeah, worse than having been forgotten. Uh, yeah. <laughs> His name was on the list, but not the right part of the list. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So no, definitely not welcome. Not welcome, until Rios suggests offering a cash gift. Yeah, which we presume worked. Well, it must have done. Yeah. I mean, we didn't see that. We don't know how much it was. But next thing is Picard lands virtually in the same spot where he was before. Yeah. Instead of having people clamouring around him, he's actually either ignored or treated with contempt, um, which is unusual for him again. Um, and I, this, I've just found this quite sinister, um, this next little bit, and maybe because of world politics at the moment i don't i don't know but you know the 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 romulan social club as was is now marked romulans only there's a big sign outside and a large number of people wearing armbands and that's clearly meant to put us in mind of of nazi armbands the color the shapes almost identical so you know we've got space we do have space nazis on bashti basically yeah. And things have definitely changed um, outside until Picard gets to the co-op Millard sisters, where after a little bit of hesitation, he is he is welcomed. I think they they did, you know, were quite happy to see him. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, mm. pretty and much then, straight away. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, turns as though things hadn't changed. Just uh, yeah. Moment. Yeah, that it was like maybe a, a slightly longer than anticipated, but yeah, oh, nice to see you back. Um, yeah. And then this, from seemingly out of nowhere, this young man appears, apologises for whatever he did, 
dropping that thing. Well, I don't know. I couldn't even see. He just was not there. And then he appeared. The curtains aren't moving behind him. It's just that. Where did he come from? Oh, well, you see, I have a theory about this. Oh, see, Picard so this is this is grown up Elnor, by the way. I should have said that. Yeah. It is, yeah. So Picard arrives. Yeah. And he says, um, no, she says to Picard, you've got old Admiral with, yeah. you know, particular candor. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, you didn't. OK. Yeah. So I wonder if those Sisters of No Mercy um, and their their group um, don't grow old incrementally, but instantly from time to time. So Elnor was just very small <laughs> and out of shot and, and then actually grew up in front of Elnor and there he was. And then we could see him. So anyway, that's, that's my theory. So that's he didn't come in from outside. He actually was there all the time. He just grew up quickly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that here first. Right. Noted. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> you, don't think, you don't go with that one, do you? Um, well, they haven't aged. You know, she well, hasn't aged at she, all. That's right. But then, if they are Romulans, um, and I'm guessing, I'm just assuming that like Vulcans, they live longer, therefore they age slower. Yeah. yeah. Like, Starek was very, very ancient, but... Well, he grew a lot in 14 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did, actually. Yeah. So, all right, well, there we go. Who knows? I still think he, looked, he grew up to be Orlando Bloom in... in well, what did you want him to was. come through the curtains like Eric Markham? Oh, just... Carrying his, <laughs> his box of whatever it was. I just kind of expected there to be some movement of curtains where he'd entered, but there wasn't. They were just completely still, and it flummoxed me. I just thought I'd missed something. Um, but anyway, let's not dwell on that. I think it's okay. probably an irrelevance, but... One that just bugged me anyway. Might not be. Maybe the way you can move silently is going to be one of his particular traits. Maybe, yes. That, yeah, we do learn things about his fighting skills later, so maybe that is it. Um, so, having um, stopped there and we get a bit of a <gasps> stare out between the two men now yes. recognising each other, um, let's go back to Soji and Narek, who are hovering over Randa, who's being scanned. And Soji says that she feels drawn to her after she identified it's just i feel seen that's such a 21st century phrase you know? Business. yeah um but she said that once she'd identified her even though she doesn't quite understand it she she kind of feels it's right but doesn't understand why or what it means yeah. so and i just felt this bit was i don't know just this this whole section between the two of them this episode just seemed to be really Bizarre, like it is leading somewhere, but they haven't given us enough to to actually to keep me interested at the minute. I'm getting a bit fed up with them because nothing's happening. Yeah, well, and so is uh, Rizzo. Uh, yes, she is. So she's but, trying to drive that forward as well. And it's not really going very far, is it? Yeah. But at least they go, they go for a drink, don't they? They go for a Romulan yeah. ale or two. Yeah. And um, and he's still avoiding her. I don't think he's given her a, a direct answer to any question she's asked. No, enigmatic all... to her, paradigmatic, I think Parad- she said. That's, yeah, what? That's, oh. no, <laughs> nobody's, no, even after a few Romulan ales, that's not a word that you're going to use uh, naturally no. in a conversation. No, I don't. Yeah. Think. 
paradigmatic. Um, and she challenges him. She thinks that he's been watching her. Um, and she challenges him about that and he denies it, but he's still dodging questions and answers. And, and then he says, Oh, I tell you what, I want to show you something. And you think, Oh, God, this is going to be something really interesting about Randa or the Borg. And he just takes her for a slide along the corridor. What, what on earth? And maybe, I guess he was trying to get her to drop her defences again so that he could plant that seed in her head about she wasn't really on the ship that she said she was. But I just, I don't know. It's the one little bit where I just thought, I just don't, I don't buy into this at all. Oh, it was a strange exchange, wasn't it? The whole, I feel seen, I've seen you too. Uh, Oh, are you watching me? Mm, No. Um, (laughs) Let's go for a slide. Uh, (laughs) And of course, she gets angry at him for questioning her sense, well, her validity, uh, yeah, know, and her honesty or knowledge of her background. Yeah. Um, and although she's feeling, well, you would think she'd be starting to feel a little bit more uncertain now. She's mentioned she doesn't know why she knows all the things that she knows. Yeah. Um. But no wider recognition or awakening yet that there's something else lurking there that she needs to to uncover oh there doesn't seem to be anyway yeah it seems quite naive in that regard but i guess that'll all change i guess it will because then she's bound to be activated at some point yeah yeah it's, How far almost, it's almost a little it's not exactly the same but parts of it of that thought remind me of um ash tyler in discovery you know where he didn't he knew there was something not right yeah and it took him a long time to realise, spoilers for Discovery, that <laughs> yeah. he was actually a Klingon in in disguise, and it kind of he didn't know, and it gradually it gradually came out. Yeah. So yeah. there's a bit of that kind of thought there, but yeah. Anyway, I guess we'll see what happens. <coughs> yeah. It was interesting. I was spotted that um, Narek did say so. Oh, you speak really good Romulan. And that was, she said, yeah, that was because a friend of my dad's. So I immediately was thinking, right, who's dad? And who, because I don't think we've had dad mentioned. No. So who's your dad? And who was the friend of your dad's that was a Romulan speaker? Yeah. Who Who's that? So that was another kind of drop it in, yeah. moving and on. Another, another question that was left unasked, even not even unanswered. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've just asked it now. So, yeah. but yes, we need, we need lots of answers. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. That's not moved on. I'm that, just looking that to see. No, it's not. I'm I'm looking for a bit more. Um, I was looking to see if I'd written anything else. I noted anything else down, and I it was just like what all I've noted is their story kept getting interrupted. So I never really understand what's going on and who's manipulating whom between the two of them. Well, between the three of them. Three, well, yeah. Because Rizzo hasn't appeared yet, but she's yeah. again in on it somehow. Yeah. Absolutely. So while they're sliding around, whooping on the board cube, <laughs> yeah. um, Vashti Twitter has gone mad because they've spotted <laughs> Picard, um, and he's all over whatever the social media is down there. And and Rafi says he needs to come back, and he says, "No, I need more time. You do what you need to." I'm staying here Um, because he needs one of the uh, Romulan warrior nuns 
to bind to his cause because he's going to need assistance. Yeah. Um, and so Zani, who's the, the leader, actually recommends that he talks to Elnor about it, who is their most formidable fighter. And I'm guessing in one way she wants him to have his horizons broadened. But at the same time, she was saying, well, I know he's going to die, so let's... I'm going to send him off to die, but if he has a good time doing it, then fine. Well, that was a bit weird. <laughs> I mean, not, not, that she, not that she wouldn't want him to go out into the world, but that she knows he's probably going to die, so <laughs> he may as well see. Well, they were always well. looking for a better place for him, weren't they? <laughs> well, I'm not quite sure that's what Picard had in mind but, at the time. Well, but, I don't you know. know what Picard's got in mind now. No. Oh. Uh, other than again, he he needs, as he says, he needs uh, his help. Um, and of course, he tried. He, he had to come up with the story. He had to, he had to tell him the story of why he's required, so that Elnor could then decide whether or not he would um, agree to to help him. Yeah. Um, but he just took a, a kind of a professional um, transactional line. You know, here's the story. I need some help. You're a good fighter. Will you come with me? Yeah. And of course, all he was looking for was something a bit more candid, honest, emotional. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, and he just wasn't able to do that. No, because I don't think he's relating to anybody. It's just his mission. It's, he's just so focused yeah. on on this. He's not relating really to anyone around him. No, I don't think so. So it could have been any killing machine he'd hired um, and not not just Elnor. yeah. And Elnor's completely unimpressed anyway. He just doesn't. He didn't hear what he needed to hear. Well, once he didn't want his flatbread, that was it. Well, I mean, you know, do you have any idea how difficult it is to make bread and then to have it turned down? I don't know, but he dropped it. it and here it is, you see, his kind of hot-headed but dangerous personality. Is that like Andy Garcia's Vincent Corleone? Oh, like, the Godfather appears again. <laughs> you know, and he has to be told by Michael, you only act when I tell you to act. So, you know, I think I think there's there's something in this dangerous hothead uh, that could yet uh, emerge um, throughout this series. Interesting one. Oh, it's good to see the Godfather back again. Huh? <laughs> I have to try really hard. <laughs> Missed it last week. No, and actually, no, I think that's a very good parallel. Definitely. Um, Picard says here, he said, I allowed perfect to become the enemy of good. In other words, if he couldn't do something how he wanted it doing, he wouldn't do anything, which is how come everyone felt abandoned after those yeah. 14 years. Yeah. So his his pursuit of perfection is not necessarily doing good for other people. Or yes, the head nun. What what did you call her? Sorry, Zani. Zani. She said because you couldn't save everyone, you chose to save no one. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's reflected in the conversation later as well, isn't it, with the Romulan in the cafe? That's uh, right. And yes, you know, um, allowing uh, perfection uh, to get in the way of action. Yes, that's right. So then, um, so Picard hasn't got the backup he needs at the minute and Rios alerts him that he's got seven minutes before there's a gap where he can be beamed out. So instead of just kind of trying to 
persuade Elnor in those seven minutes to really help him, he decides to go and pick a fight with the space Nazis at the bar. Yeah, I mean, normally you'd have to go. I'd have to go to the toilet if it was early, brush my teeth, get my bag together. That would be a very tight seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I wouldn't be heading off to the cafe um, no. to have a go at some ethno nationalists. Indeed. Uh, at the beam up site. That's right. And he, he must know what's going to happen. You know, it, he well, not he, only mm. takes a sign off, he tramples on the sign. He goes walks all over it, yeah. In full sight. And, um, you know, fails to get served by the waiter and everybody's, you know, squaring up to him. And then this former senator, Romulan senator, has gone from, in the olden days, evangelising Picard and being you know, swept up in everything that he was doing for good. Um, and then he's a little bit angry now after the evacuation efforts were abandoned. Discernibly so. Mm-hmm. And gives him a right piece of his mind and forces him into a sword fight even. Yeah. And I'm thinking, hang on, this planet has planetary defence system, but no ph- phases. I've not seen any technology other than what's surrounding the planet. So it's all sword fights. So there's no phases or yeah. anything. No. So... And yet he had been practising 14 years earlier in that very spot. That's Yes, that's right. So it brings, right. Us, it brings us full circle. It brings us back again, so we've got the sword, but he won't, John Luke won't fight. No. Puts the sword down and says he's not going to carry on. And he's starting to try to reason, but it's obviously not going anywhere. And then, again, out of nowhere, Elmer's yes. appeared again, just mm-hmm. standing there, ready to... And then there's this there's this sense of, you know, I'm challenging you now. And if you don't back down, you know, you're going to die because he says, you know, you need to choose to live now. Yeah. And the guy declines. And they must know. Yeah. How good these people are. Yeah. Well, that's what they're um, known for, aren't they? Uh, yeah. So he does know. So by engaging, he knows that he's not he's not going to live. So he just takes out the sidekicks with a, with a little bit of fancy wire work. Yeah. And then his head is just off his head, off the shoulders. Sliced clean. And I know. It was a little bit shocking. I have to say, I wasn't quite expecting that. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting, but I think it all happened quite quickly. Um, and yeah. yeah. Maybe just more of a fight, I suppose. But then, you know, we, we, we get the sense of how good he is. Yeah, well, he arrives out of nowhere, kills three people, or or disarms two and kills one. Yeah, uh, and then moves on. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And uh, Picard's again not happy, but Elnor is a very angry young man now. So he seems to have taken the anger that Picard instilled and turned it, and now he's decided he will fight the cause. Yeah. And again, I'm just not quite sure what, what his thought process was there. Um, maybe he finally he, turned his belligerence on himself. Maybe. And, and talked himself into it. Talked, yeah. That's what so happened the root of it. You know, yeah. He knows there is a bond between the two of them, however difficult it is for Picard to evidence that. Yeah. So he's happy to, and he announces himself publicly as Callan Kai, which is means he's bound himself. Um, and actually threatens everybody around. Like, if you don't, 
back down, you'll be going the same way as that guy. Come on then, if you think you're Picard enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I hadn't said that now, but yeah. anyway. The, no, no, there it's it there. It's there. <laughs> um, yeah, Picard tries to, to calm the situation, but it uh, it's obviously not going to go well from that point onwards. Yeah. And uh, just in time, we get beamed out. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. a weapon. Uh, beyond a sword. That's what oh, yeah. is a type um, weapon, isn't it? Yes. So they've moved from the swords to phasers coming out. Uh, yes. Get out of there, pretty sharpish. Yeah, that's right. So yes, they are retrieved just in time, um, and then we stay with them on the ship. And th- so now it's Picard's turn to be really angry that that man died. And this is where, as you've just very succinctly pointed out, he turns into Michael Corleone and tells him oh, that's, yeah, not, this is when not it, yeah. to kill anybody until I tell you. That's, and I'm that's thinking, it. but what did you expect? You just hired an assassin. What, what, what did you want him to do? Exactly. And in that situation. Yeah. In that situation. So, I, you know, I have a sense here that although Elna's sworn to obey Picard, which isn't a great basis for a father-son relationship to blossom i don't think no um i'm not sure i believe him i think he may have a will of his own uh and the man with the stick will speak with true candor from time to time uh, <laughs> yeah young man with a stick rafi mm-hmm. says yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> right young man with a stick yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we supposed to do with that ah <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. And Jurati again was just walking behind them down that walkway and she's like, What even what do you mean it's a lost cause? I know. She moves from having the absolute time of her life <laughs> to not having the faintest idea what's going what's on. What's going on and has now realised that absolutely petrified. She might actually not be going back home at all. That's right. So um yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. Now this is the bit that I just was really uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. But I think you were supposed to be, weren't you? I know, but it's there's no resolution to it at the minute, and it's just getting more and more inappropriate. And I'm just starting to... Because it's all right to have people who have different motives and who are operating with a different mission and all the rest of it. But, yeah. I mean, she just... she Rizzo almost needs to just grow a moustache and twiddle it. She is so... <laughs> she's, she's so, you know, the the bad person. That it's just like, expect her to have a cloak and go, ha-ha. She is comedy bad. She it's, is absolutely fabulous. And this is where she turns up inappropriately in Narek's quarters. On his bed! Yeah, as though he was strapped to a railway line. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, you know, you're excited. It's just that I don't understand. I don't know why she suddenly doesn't have pointy ears, why she has pointy ears now, why, you know, I mean, what is she doing? I know she's trying to get him to tell her the information. Yeah. But is she threatening him? What's she threatening him with? Is she threatening him with strangulation? She looks like she's threatening physical other forms of physical violence sexual violence 
and yet she's his sister and it's just a bit creepy. It's a strange relationship, ain't no mistake. Um, And of course, we haven't got to the bottom of it. Uh, I think she's jealous. Um, But at the same time, time, you know, toying with Narek, as you say, with the threats of violence. Um, It's a kind of a game of cat, cat and mouse and mouse. But I don't know which one's which yet. And, you know, this strange, you know, whether it develops into a menage a trois with ebb and flow between the power dynamic um, is still yet to be seen. But you're right. It's quite difficult. You know, I guess that I guess there's a tipping point where you can't. There's no point interrogating her now because she doesn't know anything. Yeah. And at the point she knows something, she becomes the destroyer. So is there a a small window of opportunity where they have to get to her? Uh, And is it better to push her to that or to coax her into it? And I guess that's the that's the dialogue at the moment between the two of them. Uh, But it's played out in quite a sinister way. Yeah, it is. And then and Narek. So she wants that. She wants the information that he has to get for her. Yeah. About where Soji's from and where the rest of them are. And then Narek says he's obviously trying to find out for Soji about why the Romulans are disordered, what happened when their ship was assimilated. Yeah, he's been brought into that now, hasn't he? He has, and he just spat out a whole load of questions in such a way that, to be honest, even if she wasn't a moustache-twiddling baddie, she wouldn't have answered them. He just kind of asked all these random questions. Well, she's not interested. No, exactly. So he didn't get the information that he wanted. She hasn't got the information that she wanted. And except we know, we now know that they both are aware that Soji is the destroyer, but we don't know what that means. No. So it's all just too vague for me. And she's given him a week, hasn't she, to come up with an answer. Otherwise, she's going to start torturing people. Yeah. So. I wonder if that's a week in their time or our time, and does that mean that next episode we will something will happen in that respect? Uh, I can't answer that. I know you can't. I'm just <laughs> speculating wildly. <laughs> Don't you just turn into Narek now, aren't you? Not answering my questions. I'm afraid I can't answer that. <laughs> do I go for a slide? Do I go for a swing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, creepy. So, finally, for this episode, we get a space fight. We do. So, it's only taken four episodes to get there. Um, So, we get uh, Carl Cantor, who's one of these um, warlords. Um, He's got this ancient bird of prey, and uh, it opens fire on La Sirena. Uh, Rios activates another hologram. Yeah. I like this one because he's speaking in Spanish. It was quite funny. Um, so, yeah, he's he's shooting and while proper Rios is navigating. Um, and it's not looking good. It looks like they're a bit outgunned. Mm-hmm. And then an unidentified ship comes to their assistance and they manage to damage the bird of prey. However, the unidentified ship is damaged critically and the pilot he is requesting to be beamed over mm-hmm. they assume all the way through they've assumed it's a he piloting yes, which I could do. take exception 
too, but I shan't. Um, and so Elna's got his stick ready in case there's a threat which arrives on board. The pilot beams in, and it is mm-hmm. seven of nine. Who is now owed a ship? Who? Yes, <laughs> she is. You owe me a ship, Picard, and before yes. she collapses mm-hmm. and seen. So, um, yes. We've got seven of nine at last and um, been looking forward to seeing what she's been up to and what her role is going to be now. Yeah. And I wonder what she makes of, is it three of five when we go back to Hugh? Oh. Are they going to come together in some way? Oh, yes. I'm sure they must have known. They must know of each other, though. The XBs who are so. Yeah. I'm sure that. He would have heard of her anyway, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. But they... Yes, I mean, Seven of Nine was human, wasn't she? Or is. Yes. And Hugh... Where where did Hugh come from? Uh, I was assuming he was human as well, but maybe he wasn't. No, I don't know. But he obviously has some kind of emotional intelligence, as does... Seven now. Um, yeah. So, you know, just interesting, you know, they're not um, disordered still or post-traumatic uh, as some of the Romulans are. Yeah. Uh, so it might just be interesting to see if there's any any dynamic there um, that proves to be of assistance. But we've not seen Hugh for a couple of episodes now, have we? No, we haven't, no. no. So maybe it all happens in the climax when they discover that... What happens though if they all they all realise that Soji is on that artifact and they all go there, but she's become activated and she's gone off to find the rest of her siblings, so she's not there when they get there. Well, that's a chance we've just got to take, isn't it? Oh, that'd be but, really annoying, wouldn't it? Yeah, but do, when you're awakened, do you then just have this innate sense of where the rest of the nest is, or the, where the nest is, and the rest of your mm. people are? But do we know there are more? Well, do we know there are more? We don't know, but we we inferred from the nest that there might be more than one. And in that curious exchange between Rizzo and Narek, mm-hmm. um, she wants to know why he still hasn't got the information she wants, which is where the rest of the androids are. Yeah. And I think they do in that that scene talk about them in, in the plural. You do. You know, I'm saying, yes, all of all of them. So this is more than Soji. And maybe yeah. more than another one. I, I don't know. It does seem like there are more. Hmm. Or they seem to think there are more than one. Yeah, yeah. Because they want to get her to tell them where the nest is. Yeah. Oh. And well, so it continues. And so it continues. We do need a few answers around that because it, it's, um yeah, it's a little bit frustrating, but still. And of course, they're not there yet. Presumably now they're so, on the way to fruit. Well, no. Well, that's got to be the next, presumably. Yeah. So we've had four episodes now. So we're halfway through next next week. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm guessing. Um, I'm just looking back to see, I think. You see, there were no, no massive questions for me this week. The only one is what on earth is going on with Rizzo and Narek, and I don't know. But that's the only thing that's that's bugging me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's massively. unsettling. 
It is, yeah. And designed to be, I think. Yeah. But, but equally so for Derek. Yeah, I think he's a bit puzzled as well, isn't he, really? Yeah, but well, he's, he's certainly a, afraid. He is, yeah. Definitely at the hands of the puppet master there. Yeah. Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Anything, any other thoughts that we've, you've not managed to wedge in this week? No, I think, I think, you know, other than that kind of, just that leap, um, from um, Rafi's bones-like comment, yes, um, <laughs> that maybe we're talking about Khan rather than Q. Actually, it made me feel quite warm um, mm. that Khan might be on his way back. Oh, good grief! Because he can't be trusted either. Well, no, no, that's true. Yeah. So wow. now. I think that's where that was the only leap the the only leap I made. Yeah. Oh no, that's a that's a good one. I mean, all of these things, who knows? We could be right at any point. <laughs> or we could be completely wrong. In, in, absolutely correct. And I'm more than likely I'm gonna be completely wrong, but it's fun speculating. Mm-hmm. I suppose if you had a chance though, would you not bring a few sisters of no mercy with you? Or can you only take one? Would not have half a dozen of them been a good idea? I think, yes, I think it would. Although I don't know why I've got the impression that one would bind herself, or in this case himself, to your cause, and that was it. And if they are, you know, the best fighters, then you only really need one. Right, yeah. That was the impression I got. Um, I guess I didn't see the sisters putting themselves forward very quickly. No, at all. They're not challenging the kind of apartheid that's appearing in their own village. No. Uh, which you would think they could. They're just keeping themselves to themselves. Yeah. Elnor could police that town quite easily, you would have thought. Well, yeah. um, no, that's what we've just seen, yeah. Yeah, but has chosen not to. Or maybe there's, you know, maybe no one came forward with a cause. Uh, yeah, maybe they can't unless they're asked to. Maybe it's like vampires, they can't come in unless they're invited in. Yeah, or maybe yet yeah, that's not a lost cause. Oh. Yeah. That's true. Oh, how? But if you can only bind yourself to a lost cause, that that's a bit of a downer. Well, it would it would <laughs> well, suggest that that you weren't going to win, unless of course you uh, invoke the rules around Kobayashi Maru. Oh, uh, well, you see. <laughs> Which is more we- we don't believe in the no-win scenario. We do not. We do not. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and, and that's what's going to see us through, I think, um, because if it if it is a lost cause, then that's the end of it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, if it proves not to be, then we've changed the conditions of the test. We have, and yeah, we've already been renewed for season two, so. Um, they wouldn't have a season two of Picard without Picard. So. Yeah. Oh, too much. My brain can't cope with any of that now. Yeah, well, I'm done. I'm all out. I'm yeah, all out for this that's week. That's fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. We'll wind it up then. Um, thank you all for listening. We're still, um, you know, awaiting items of uh, 
of uh, Star Trek clothing. Apparel, um, yeah. After our Picardigan and trousers, which were quite quite amusing. Um, if you know, let us know if you think any of these wild ideas have got an inkling of truth in them, or are we just talking? out of the back of our heads as usual that would make a lot of sense too um so yeah thank you for listening in um you can find uh us on twitter at uh kobe at kobe marie underscore um you can find the column uh marie on the movie aisle that's movieisle.com um and brendan yes never forgets if you can't win change the conditions of the test that is correct. This has been Kobashi Marie and we will see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.